Hello everybody and welcome to Sound of Play. Every Wednesday in Sound of Play, as you know by now, we bring you some of our and your favourite pieces from the many video game soundtracks we've enjoyed over the decades. And joining me, Leon Cox, in Sound of Play 161 is a long overdue visit from the veteran, the grandfather of video games podcasting. It's only Chris O'Regan. Hello. 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 Do you mind such uh, being talked about in such exalted terms? Well, I don't. I was thinking about this the other day um, because we're going to be chatting about some significant change and thing happening. And I know I've been doing a, a podcast of the description or some, yeah. some kind of audio related thing because I actually yeah. did. I actually started before podcasts began. Yeah. Um, back in 2000. And, Christ. 
two. <laughs> wow. Uh, and um, before Jesus. Before Jesus. <laughs> yes. Uh, and might be even earlier, actually. If you go back way back in 1998. So oh, you're doing hospital radio on video games. Yeah, not quite. But uh, <laughs> that was all games radio back in. Uh, 98, which is now, I've just realised, 20 years. So that's very scary. Um, that's not bad going. No. And um, I've been commentating and discussing and uh, playing games, uh, of video games initially. It's core, but what I say initially. But then it's gone off to other things as well. But um, it, uh, yeah, I've been at it for a very, very long time. And I've learned a lot about the, yeah. the subtle art of um being interesting and speaking and having some kind of cadence to one's voice and to, you know having been to university and sat through some tonable lectures i'm sure you have mm. too it's just like i don't oh, want no. to be that person and, i only give the lectures yeah and uh <laughs> i um uh, so you know every my i have a day job if you will uh when i give lectures which i do uh, and uh, presentations i there's definitely some of my podcast voice pops out yeah. there's nothing wrong with that wrong you start that. talking to them about spectrum games and well maybe just a bit yeah <laughs> well. yeah so yes uh we've decided that you've uh you've done your probation period and now you're qualified to join the Kane and rinse family yeah um so <laughs> as of i believe we're sort of still talking about very soon Technical issues aside, technical tedious uh, back end stuff. Boring stuff. I've used the word back end. There you go. Um, So uh, background stuff. Um, I'm bringing a podcast I've been doing for five years now uh, called Wow. uh, Yeah, I know. November 2013 it started, Hmm. and uh, the 200th episode is yet to be aired, and I will not reveal who is on that episode. Of course, I won't. No. But uh, it is already recorded because I have a, a system where I have a backlog of episodes, um, which yeah. is lovely. It means that I have six or seven episodes ahead. Uh, so you know, if there's a break or anything, it doesn't matter because there's still going to be episodes dropping. Because the beauty of the show is that it's, uh, well, it's evergreen. It, uh, yes. Don't talk about yes. It. Yeah. Don't like know. us, like Kane and Rinch, you're a well-oiled machine. Yeah. And um, so what's it called? The Sausage Factory. Yeah, which is a very strange title. People get confused by it and think I'm implying some sort of misogyny or something like that. Uh, oh no, not no. that sort of a sausage. No, no, no that's, that's a sausage. A, that would be no. a sausage party. It's Indeed. not a party. It's not a party. Well, sometimes <laughs> it is. Uh, but no, I have had actually had uh, men and women on the show. I can't stress that enough. Uh, I do not members do. of the development community. Indeed, from all over the world. I hasten to add. Yeah, um, I've recorded with people from Australia, and that is always fun because I have to get up at five a.m. to do that. But we suffer yeah. for our art, don't we? Yeah, yeah. I've had a, one or two uh, Aussie guests on uh, on Sound of Play and Cane and Rinse as well. Got- always a treat. But yes, logistics, uh, logistics are part of the fun. You just got to get up or record very, 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 very late. Whatever works. So yeah, the last uh, the last few years worth of Sausage Factory, you've been with Spong. Mm-hmm. Um, but you'll be uh, spong of, of, of cutting things free. I think that's in the public domain now. Yes, they're at the time um, of this changing show. their status and that kind of yeah. thing. I think they're going to still go along in some kind of capacity, uh, okay. but not in the same same vein yeah. as they have been. 
So, so um, fans of our friendly rival podcast, The Computer Game Show, will know that they're already uh, independent, as it were. And uh, and it made sense for Chris to kind of join join the gang with our sort of, um, our, yeah, our kind of remit. It, it made a lot of sense. Yeah, so, I mean, maybe uh, we should describe what the show's about. I mean, as you said, we sure. sort of danced around that. But the show is about um, interviewing game developers about them, who they are, what are their yeah. inspirations, where do they come from? Where's their, you know, where do they get their their work from? What what is it that makes drives them, and who do they admire? Who do they would recognise and doth their caps to? If that's the right phrase, yeah. you know that kind of thing. And then mm. that's the first half of the show. So two halves of the show, just like every all good things have two halves. Uh, and the second half is where we then have design debate discussion. Debate is another word, but a discussion yeah. about the. Key aspects of the game they have made. So regular mm. listeners of Kane and Rince will listen to commentators discuss design aspects of a game. But yeah. it's very rare, and I don't think you've ever done this, but you've actually had the developer on to say, why did you do this? We have done it yeah. once or twice, once but or not, twice. not infrequently. Yes. yes. So, But I've done it to 198 developers. The reason it's 198, because the beautiful thing about the show, due to its age, I've had return guests, which is <laughs> It's lovely. Um, Roll Seven have come back on a couple of times and mm. a couple of other people, but uh, to talk about another game they've made. So yes, that's a thing that's happened, and that's the sh- that's the crux of the show. And it is designed, and I mean designed, for an hour. It's an hour yep. long. It's no longer. It's very very rare that it goes longer longer than that. It's normally up to an hour. Can be shorter yep. sometimes, depends on the the guest and how verbose they are. Sometimes they're quite cool. concise and they just say, they did this. Okay, you need to, to roll with the punches and roll with, with the, keep the, the, the pace going. But I'm very, very strict on it. The guests don't know this, of course. They don't know I'm controlling them along because I've been doing it for so long. I'm not being big-headed or um, bigging myself up. It's just generally I've been doing it for so long that I know how to know when to say, okay, let's just move on and go on to the next bit. I know on the half hour mark that we have to say, okay, that's the end of part one, let's move on to part two. And it's and it's also very uh, something related to this show, Sound of Play, which I'm so happy to be taking part of this this show, is that in the show, the show the Sausage Factory has no theme tune of its own. It is, oh. it uh, floats in its own sort of uh, waves of uh, music from other things, i.e. Yeah. the game we're talking about or the game yes. we're featuring. Because well, it marries up with uh, with Kane and Rince and Sound of Play in that regard. Yeah. It does. And I just take some music and I put it right at the beginning and right in the middle so you don't hear us drone on for a solid hour, then, then right in the end. And it just sandwiches the whole thing together, and it just, and I've got a system, and it works, and I just, you know, there are times when I've been able to record five or six episodes in a single week. It's not rare, it's not common, but it's happened. Uh, yeah, because yeah. you just, you know, get them done, you line them up, you get all the guests lined up, you sort your dates out, your times out, you line it up, and you do it. And uh, it's, you know, it's, it's not. I'm not going to say it's easy because of course it isn't. Of course it isn't. But um, I enjoy doing it, and I'm very, very happy to bring it over to Kane and Rince because I think they, like you say, when when, mm. when we were discussing it initially, it's like, well, this really works, isn't it? This completely works. Um, yeah, they're both, you know, yeah. So let's, uh, yeah, look out for this uh, this uh, being added to our uh, our burgeoning platform of things that you can subscribe to and download. Mm. And don't forget to uh, like, review and rate The Sausage Factory as well as everything else we do. Um, but add it to your rotation. Yeah, for sure. 
Um, we'll talk more about uh, this and that and what Chris has been doing for the last 20 years. I'm a mere whippersnapper of nine and a half years of podcasting uh, by comparison. Um, but I've, yeah, I've, I've caught up a bit in terms of the amount of shows that we do. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but let's also talk. This is Sound of Play. We must talk music. We've mm. already heard, uh, Chris, your first selection. I was actually surprised by uh, by how recent most of your selections were, but uh, nothing wrong with that. Mm. A few, uh, couple of pieces we have featured in the past, but again, that's fine. We have we've done a hundred and sixty odd shows. Uh, obviously, things are going to come around again, but uh, but yeah, I just ask you to pick some of your favourite ever tracks or mm. uh, your favourite tracks from your favourite soundtracks. So nothing could be better than that. And we started with Adventure from uh, from Fez. Yeah, uh, what is it you love about that one? Counter melodies. There's aspects of counter melodies in that tune, and also there are high points and a little bit of discordance but not too much where it makes it a cacophony like a jazz mm. ensemble mm -hmm. I, that's why that is why I think it also invokes so many memories I have of yeah. trying to earth figure out hang on there's more to this I've just finished it well, I've, got, I've got more to do oh please yeah. it's, <laughs> you know and understanding that it has its own language and it still resonates for me six seven years after it uh, was released I still love the animation, the fluid animation of the world as it mm. rotates, and has when the little fellow, little Fez man, when he picks Gomez. up a block and he gets squished when he picks up a yeah. block. Because there's little details. I'm, I'm very. It's also one of the first examples of having to um, separate the creator from what he had created, um, mm. because uh, Mr. Fish went on. Uh, he wasn't. He isn't. Or is this a bit? I don't know. Dif he's a difficult character. A difficult character. Uh, Thank you. Trying to be delicate, yeah. and I wasn't doing a very good job. Thank you. Yeah, for saving. I think me he rubs one. some people up the wrong way. I suspect he has issues of his own. So I mm. think maybe you know it's it's perhaps uh, there. Yeah, yeah. Are, there may be there may be factors around why he is how he is, mm. and he elected to uh, leave the industry pretty much after this one game. So did, I think yeah. he's going to go down as some kind of kind of legendary artist type figure uh yeah. in you know w when people are researching video games and learning about the history of the medium in in say 50 or 100 years time i think i think people will remember fez and people will say yeah and it was that it was that fast it was it's like one of those artists who releases one album and then disappears or 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 does one painting and then never does anything else so yeah it's a really unusual story but yeah needless to say uh you've not interviewed phil fish for the sausage factory sadly not um he was just he'd stopped just before or i don't know i say just yeah. a year before at uh, yeah um, it would have been nice um i mean he was at various packs events i might have met him yeah all i know yes um yeah. but um cross paths yeah kind of cross paths with him but uh always a huge fan of, of that particular uh, uh item of, of work that he did but uh, yeah. i don't think he's turned into a notch though but less said about that <laughs> yeah wow <laughs> sorry yes. had to go there no i didn't but I did. yeah absolutely and as usual listeners we'll be uh we'll be uh interspersing chris's selections with some from our community as you know we have a good old a big old pile of requests to get through uh but keep bringing them to canarince.com slash forum we always want more uh first up we have one from azure who says every monster in the monster hunter games has its own theme but none of them have stuck in my head as consistently or as long as the track for cadeus or C I, could, I think it's cedius 
Cedius. Oh, okay. Mm. Uh, it's in the it's in the Monster Hunter try the watery one. Uh, continuing, Asia says, while not my favourite fight in what is probably my least liked entry in the series due to the camera and dodge difficulties in a 3D underwater environment, the first section of the music for the fight is absolutely beautiful and stirring, alone describing the majesty of a mythical tribal sea god. The second half, entitled Moonquake, follows the calm and regal prelude with a track with that alternates between eliciting a war chant against an enraged and destructive oceanic monstrosity and a lament and apology against the circumstances leading to the regrettable action of slaying what amounts to a tribal deity sung in the game's fictional Wyverian language. Goodness me, let's hear it. The Lunar Abyss, Moonquake from Monster Hunter Try.
So that was a combination of one or more of Yuko Komiyama, Tadayoshi Makino, and Ryo Uratani uh, in sort of traditional fashion for these games. Uh, a, com- a collection of composers works on the music for the Mighty Monster Hunter franchise. Uh, at the time of recording, it's the 16th of August, and I believe today the uh, the the EU eShop demo for Monster Hunter Ultimate uh, Generations Ultimate, I should say, which is the uh, the sort of HD version of the uh, final 3DS game, is finally coming out in Europe. Uh, I know a lot of people are very excited about this. I think some people, I think we've discussed this before, but I think some people who have played Monster Hunter World on the, on the uh, on the current gen machines may find that some elements of generations might seem a little bit uh, retrograde to them because they've they made so many kind of uh, quality of life improvements to world compared to to its predecessors but i still think um you know everything that you love about the actual the kind of the 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 demands and the the progression and the role playing and the uh, the the resource farming that is Monster Hunter is all in there in spades and to have that available on a commute seems quite an appealing idea um, obviously we did have 3DS versions before but uh, on the bigger shinier Switch seems like a seems like a good deal to me is that, uh, is that something you're going to add to your collection Chris? Well not many people know this about it because I don't really talk about this game I don't have the opportunity to talk about the Monster Hunter games but I've been playing them since the PS2, like the first one. Yeah. Um, yes. Before they were online or anything. Yeah, yeah. Well, actually, the PS2 one I think was online. It's one of the not earliest ones. But oh, that's right, not in Europe. No, we didn't have. Yeah, no, we didn't have such um, fancy things. But uh, yeah, I think they did eventually. I remember getting that eventually, and even playing EverQuest yeah. on the uh, PS2 for a little bit until I came to my senses. But uh, I didn't actually. Didn't last very long on that. It's terrible. But my point being. Uh, it's, it's a very strange game, and they can't really describe it to anyone properly. Every time you try it, it, it ends in failure because you try to compare it to similar third-person action adventures, and it doesn't just doesn't work. Um, but will I add this to my? I was unaware that it was that there was another one coming out. I thought that the world was the latest one. Um, no, this is the this is the localization. It came out in Japan very soon after the Switch came out because. In Japan, as you know, Monster Hunter is huge. Mm. Um, and it wasn't certain for a while if they were going to bother bringing this one to the West. But then Monster Hunter World did absolutely amazingly on PS4 in particular, but also Xbox One and now PC. Yeah, And so... Why not? You know, yeah. why not? Just why not? it's a it's a localization job. So yeah, it's uh, it's out very soon. So it's a local monster hunter for local people. That's great. If if you like, yes. sorry. sorry, and for lovers of palicos. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Now, next up, we have uh, a piece that you've selected, Chris, from uh, what is now uh, a vintage sci-fi RPG, the space opera that was from Bioware's glory days, Mass Effect. So do you have fond and rich memories of immersing yourself in the world of uh, of Mass Effect? Yeah, that particular period of time, 2007, 2008, 2009, yeah. was quite an interesting period of my life. Uh, and uh, remembered in some fondness and in some not so fondness. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's just, uh, I think I'd broken free with WoW by then. <laughs> Aha. And that yes. probably we'll talk about that in a bit. Yeah, and uh, 
So by that time, even though it's very topical, considering I know this is not a particularly topical show in any way, which nope. is lovely. But but Azeroth is just out. We we, we will definitely talk about that when uh, when we get to your next uh, selection. And the reason I would make cite this is that you know that that, that, that freed me from uh, from that the shackles of that. And I do mean shackles, and allowed me to experience <laughs> other games and other. I mean, Bioware I've always loved ever since uh, the uh, Knights of the Old Republic and Jade Empire, etc., etc. Um, Baldur's Gate, do you go even Indeed, I was going to say Baldur's Gate and Baldur's Gate 1 and 2. and A bit of CRPG. And in Minsk and, you know, the Space Hamster and stuff. It's all all good stuff. And the fact they re-released those later on and you can play them on your iPad now is a wondrous thing. Mm. But why? Why Mass Effect? I'm sure it's something that many other guests have cited and that's fine. I've got no problem with that. They simply means we have a common sense of taste or um, like-minded individuals who go, yes. But there's a reason why I love this particular piece. I was very excited about it, and I still love the game, even though the menu system, sorry, the inventory system is tortuous, as we all know. And of course, yeah. there's a ridiculous tank thing you drive around in, which is not impossible to steer. Um, <laughs> just, just wave that away. Well, we can't, but we have to skip over it. Why? The main theme, one of the things that I don't hear often people say, and I wonder want to highlight now because it's something i haven't had a chance to because the the context of the shows i've been on previously wouldn't allow it the interaction or interface with the music and the spot effects are beautifully married together Mm. i've very Mm. rarely encountered this it does happen i grant you in fact many of the games we cite here today that we're going to talk about all the way the the tunes from the games we're talking about are the the music is deeply intertwined with the experience, mm. and there's one thing, and maybe people can. This is a thing that Mass Effect is quite well known for, I believe, at least for me, is that when mm. you press a button to start the game, there will be a tone, and this tone somehow, and I don't know how they did it because I'm not a musician or a composer, is beautifully timed and drops in at any point when the music is playing. Mm. And it's quite evocative. It's time to say you're going to be dropped in here wherever you are. Mm. This this story is going to unfold and there's going to have many paths to it. And you could be at the the third bar of this piece of music or it could be at its very beginning or its very end. This tone that Mm. you're going to evoke will still sound right. Hmm. Quite incredible. Don't know how they did it, but... Yeah, it's uh, very, very impressive. And it it was, I mean, everyone bangs on about the visuals and the story and the character interaction. That's fine. But uh, I want to talk about that little. It's a, you know, less than a second. It's a fraction mm-hmm. of a second experience. But it meant a lot to me. And that's why I, I brought it about. That's why I wanted to talk about it. And that's why it's one of my favourites, because I've never seen it done before. All right, listeners, let's hear it. We won't have the start the game chime. I suppose, on this particular version. But uh, imagine it. Remember it, if you will, listeners, from your time in the galaxy, the universe of Mass Effect.
Jack Wall and Sam Hewlick and or possibly may have established before uh, who wrote that particular piece or whether it was a collaboration always hard to tell mm. but uh, yes that's from the original Mass Effect 2007 you can certainly play that on three systems uh, EA or yes well it would be EA haven't seen fit to release a sort of uh, a remastered trilogy or anything um, which is kind of a shame I think I'd, uh, I'd, I would they not they might have uh, done on the PC because he can remember the PC version was very different to everything else yeah, more yeah, more more to do with their sort of computer game roots, I suppose. Mm. But um, yes, I mean you can mod the PC version for sure. Um, but yes, console players obviously probably would have played it on 360 or PS3 back in the day. Mm. Uh, I mean the PS3 version of the original game took a long time to come out in itself. Uh, it was a late a late edition. Um, but yes, there's been no Xbox One or, or PS4 sort of um you know oh I see you mean reimagining or remastered with all the like. DLC with all the DLC included yeah. would be um would be really nice i think we covered a uh, couple of our games uh, the, the games we've discussed in today's sound of play already uh Kane and Rince podcast uh, issue 86 we did fez and we covered mass effect 1 and 2 together when we were trying to do that in the early days of Kane and Rince back in issue 22 uh we wouldn't do that now we given both their own show but uh, we didn't know just how long and deep we were going to go on these things no. it was uh, it was a new format now we have a another request from the forum this is from sam watt who says in my opinion namco put valiant effort into re-energizing the sound as well as the gameplay and story of Star Fox. though it's a shame that assault is so short in terms of music i found that most of the newer games including the latest star fox zero seem to just customarily layer on top of the established melodies beat for beat with very little artistic or personal interpretation the often overlooked star fox assault managed to avoid the homogenized sound of an orchestral score and made great use of that acoustic power with the memorable melodies and that delicious orchestral echo the Star Wolf theme in particular is brimming with energy. It's loud and vainglorious with a hint of threat. This track is so bold in its approach and distinct from its original form that it feels more like the effort of a fan project. The Star Wolf theme stands as one of my favourite pieces of score and was one of the many musical delights of Star Fox Assault.
That was Yoshi Arakawa and or Yoshinori Kawamoto. I think uh, one of those is the composer from the original Star Fox 64, which would have uh, which would have featured the original Star Wolf theme. And then there's that reworking for Namco's Star Fox Assault. Not a beloved game necessarily, but uh, part of the Star Fox franchise, like it or not. It's uh, there. Chris, it exists. It does, uh, but only on only on GameCube. Obviously, that means you could also play it on a Wii as well. Uh, it's not one of the series that I uh, I played. We covered the entire saga though back in Kana Rince '94, and that was the podcast in which I successfully predicted Star Fox Zero before it was announced. Hmm. one of the highlights of my podcasting career (laughs) I didn't get the developer right I didn't get Platinum Games right but I did say Star Fox Zero a prequel on the Wii U and it happened Uh, but then arguably it was hampered by being motion control only but I think there's a really pretty cool game in there it's just that you have to spend perhaps longer than you'd want acclimatising to motion controls Hmm. did you give that one a go? how did you feel about the I actually dodged that one. Mostly, I actually got all the Star Foxes, including yeah. two on the uh, SNES yes. Mini, or however how you can pronounce it now. Apparently, it's different. I don't know. That console with the We super just call it the SNES Mini. Word. Yes, uh, we know yeah, that. Um, uh, and, uh, yeah, it, uh, that's not a very good game, by the way, just to be clear. And I did actually stream it and realised, oh, dear. And there was a reason they didn't release it at the time, it but was, it's nice yeah. that it is now available officially, officially and legally for, for the collector. Indeed, yeah. but it's it's a yeah. I didn't know. I didn't delve into this, and but I did. I did like the original Star Fox for what it was and the, what it was trying to achieve on the on on a hardware that really shouldn't be doing that. No, and it had some help, but uh, even then, yes, going back to that game as well. Now it's uh, it's pretty choppy, mm. um, even on. Uh, emulated on on the SNES Classic, mm. it's uh, you can yeah it, it shows its age, but it's certainly got some nostalgia. But yeah, Star Fox sixty four and the three DS version of that would be my favourites in that yeah, series. I do have the three DS game, that, absolutely. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's fine. A, a fairly straight port. I actually do remember playing that in the bright sunshine outside and the, the Staples Center uh, during E three. <laughs> I'm not sure which E right. three it was. Might be twenty eleven. 12 they kind of blur like my that. friend they kind of blur yes but uh yeah i don't do that anymore though not e3 no God, no la it's just no no <laughs> no offense who lives too there much. sorry but not for me just too delicate um now well we've mentioned uh world of warcraft so mm. i'm interested in this um there's quite a lot of conversation it comes up once in a while uh people say have you done a world of warcraft show on kana rinse are you going to do one um the short answer is we know we haven't done one and probably not for reasons um we've got some people who spent a lot of time in world of warcraft possibly not as much as chris here but we'll get on to that but certainly uh tony and darren uh gargett spent a huge amount of time in the early days of world of warcraft but the issue being that if we covered it now um we could go we could sort of we could wait for them to release the kind of vanilla server that's apparently going to happen and we could talk just about the uh, kind of original iteration of world of warcraft otherwise we need somebody who's played all the expansions um of which there are now what like seven or eight big significant chunks Mm -hmm. including the very new azeroth Mm -hmm. is that right the the latest Yeah. yeah battle of azeroth um 
Now, you were there from the off, mm-hmm. and well, you before were... before the off, really. Before the off, 2004, <laughs> yeah. in, in, when it came out in Late the US. Late 2003, ca- I think, when the beta was. Right, probably was then, sure. Yeah. yeah, so 15 years, mm. give or take. Um, and you got into it in a big way. You became a uh, an important, an integral member of a of a clan, mm-hmm. and uh, and made a lot of friends there and uh, contacts, yeah. and kind of lived in that world for I don't know how long. Um, so yeah, tell us a little bit. Obviously, bear in mind this is an hour and change long music show, and uh, uh, and well, maybe we'll do a, a, if we ever do a World of Warcraft show. No doubt you'll be on it, Chris. But uh, give us the potted history. Oh, we'll anyway. do be very brief, and it's only fair. Um, I'm an ex- explorer. I know people don't like uh, pigeonholing game types, and it's actually wrong for me to just say I'm just an explorer. That's not true. I have a history of even playing competitive games, Call of Duty the original. I was part of a clan, believe it or not. Not anymore, Mm. because I'm far too old and my hand-to-eye coordination isn't what it was. (laughs) But I I used to play competitively. So for me to say I'm just an explorer, I'm not. Mm. However, it is one of my main drivers about playing games. I love exploring worlds that others have made it's why i like yeah. reading fiction because i like exploring worlds that others have made yeah, and uh that's what drove me more than anything to play wow I've, I've, i'm a long long veteran of playing mmos i've been playing them since 1996 i think mm. so that's the first one what was your first meridian 59 was the first Ooh. And that's still going amazingly, but only the, like a hobbyist sort of server. Yeah, uh, right. It's, it's it hasn't aged at all well, so it's best to, sure know, best left I can in imagine. the memory. And then you know, over time there was Ultima Online and uh, also EverQuest. Uh, there was Asheron's Call, and uh, mm. then of course then you know World of Warcraft and EverQuest Two arrived at the same time. And there was oh, a bit right. of a comp- competitive uh, sort of edge between them. Mm. They were trying to go grab the. Uh, the attention of both audiences, but uh, it turned out Blizzard was way, way, way better at making an MMO than anyone else, uh, even though they hadn't done one up until that time. They knocked it out of the park, kind of like they later did with making a competitive first-person shooter. They just went, we're going to make a good one of those, and they did. So, back to my point. Explorer. Yeah. Why, am I, why did I say that? Why did I open up about that? It drove me to be a raiding member of a very prominent raiding guild and um champions of azeroth i believe they were called on a particular server i was a i became an alliance i started out as horde but i went to alliance for i can't remember for reasons i might have helped another player on i think that was it i knew someone who wanted to start playing i he wanted to play alliance not a horde so i'd start a new character myself and so on and so forth so i then realised I wanted to see all of this world that Blizzard had created because the more I played of it, mm. the more I explored, the more I saw. But unfortunately, uh, as with all MMOs, in order to see everything, you have to play the piper. Pay the piper. In other words, oh, you yeah. had to delve into dungeons in order to get into dungeons. You or, or not just dungeons, but vast, complex, and expansive, uh, just incredible, incredible uh, experiences that dealt with as a, as a group you had to be part of a large guild and very so i became a, and i was a, a a very prominent member of that group and we basically finished wow <laughs> yeah 
Um, we had we you did the impossible. I, I, I alas, I weeped for the, for the normal worlds left to conquer, or mm. to paraphrase that quote. As it was then, anyway. Mm. Uh, Berlin Crusade. So I finished Berlin Crusade. Okay, and that was the first major expansion. No, second, I think. Okay. Second. So yeah, there, there. <laughs> I might be wrong, but anyway, for my memory serves correct. We, I really, it got ridiculous, my friend. I was getting up at sort of, sort of six, seven a.m. on a Sunday to fish, in in a, in a virtual world. In, in the virtual. In, world, in yeah. the virtual world of not mm. to get a competition. People think, oh, it's like, there's a fishing competition, world famous fishing competition in World of Warcraft. No, it wasn't for that. It was for certain crawfish. And if I did that, then I cooked the crawfish and gave it. No, I didn't even need it for myself. It wasn't for myself. It was for the warrior. So when he ate it an hour before mm. a raid, his mm-hmm. health generation would increase uh, ever so slightly by a fraction yeah. of a percent. So therefore... A crucial percent. A crucial percent. Yes. And therefore, yeah. reduce my burden because I was a healer, yes. you see. Yeah. So all of these things. And I did all... I was By the, by the end of my time in World of Warcraft... I was a, a, a Belisha beacon of glowiness. I was mm. head to toe of glow. And mm. uh, and as a healing priest, so therefore, I was this brilliant blazing white. And uh, I still remember the torturous things I did in order to... I mean, just utterly ridiculous. Utterly hours, possibly days, doing ridiculous things. Just, yeah. to, just to see, ultimately, when it comes, boils right down to it, it's one of the reasons I stopped... Code. <laughs> I was just looking at code, like, oh, this is yeah. just code, and therefore um, I had to stop. So, uh, but mm. here it is. It's one of my tracks. Yeah. What does this particular piece? Yeah. What does it mean to you? What? What how, does it? Does it transport you right back in a positive way to? Yes, to those but it, times? it means it, it, it puckers up, uh, it encourages a significant emotion. Would you yeah. want to describe it first before I say? Or yeah, please. Yeah. Um, so it's 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 a stormwind, which has been apparently composed and uh, uh, arranged by Jason Hayes and Tracy W. Bush and Derek Duke and Glenn Stafford. Um, it's one of the oldest. Um, probably they probably, they've definitely retweaked and remixed it since two thousand and four. Yeah. But yeah. it's called Stormwind, and it's the theme tune when you enter the city of Stormwind in. World of Warcraft, which if you don't know that, it's Stormwind is one of the major capital cities of the Alliance, uh, and it's mainly occupied by humans, but there are other factions in there as well, but it is the human city. It is not the Dwarven city, which is Ironfort. Why am I picking this? One word, safe. If I can hear that tune, it means I'm probably safe. Mm. It, it's all the conflict, all the adventures have been gone through as soon as soon as I hear that tune, that particular tune, because there are variants of it, of in t- where regions that surround that city, they have variations of that tune. But this one particular one, you know, it's yeah. that for me, it just means, ah, oh, it's just the exhale yeah. of, okay, that's over then. It, there might even be some little quests to do in there, but ultimately it means I can't, it's very, I'm not probably not going to get hurt unless I expose myself to some, Things, some shenanigans. Because since mm-hmm. 2004, um, when originally that that used to be a bastion of safety, sadly it's not the case anymore. There are bits of that city now that are actually quite dangerous <laughs> because bits of it have been blown up and all sorts of things. But it still still invokes that this tune still invokes that sense of safety, and it's lovely to hear. So that is why I included it in this. <laughs> Thank you. 
that was Stormwind by the composers of the original World of Warcraft, Jason Hayes, Tracy W. Bush, Derek Duke, Glenn Stafford. And uh, yeah, so at what point you said you mentioned that you kind of uh, you you die, you ducked out at some point of World of Warcraft um, and you started playing other things on other machines. Um, but do you ever do you f- see all these expansions that have been since? And you, you were talking about exploring the original World of Warcraft. D- do you not get that pull that there's so much of this world still I- unexplored by you? And also the fact that the, the audiovisual side has been spruced up so much since those days that it would be a real, it could be a real treat for the senses going back now. Or is it just, is it like, you know, the, the, uh, the alcoholic staying off the, uh, off, off the booze? <laughs> well, I'm about to say, uh, I hope you don't take offence to it or anyone else does. It's not about being offensive. I don't know how to describe it, but I'm not the same person. I can't stress that enough. I wasn't that person who's playing WoW then is not the same person that you're talking to yeah. now. You and I have mm. known each other for many years. You might have spotted mm. a slight change, and that's fine. It's not a negative change. It's just basically maturity. And again, it sounds mm. comes across as arrogant and stuff, but I have different drivers and different you know things yeah uh, and uh definitely one of them the one thing that drew me away was i actually ended up playing lots of tabletop games because that's allowed me to reconnect yeah. with humanity believe it or yes. not so yeah that, that helped me because but in that that time i faced the abyss uh in 2009 mm. 2010 uh, i did face i had a difficult time uh mm. and uh I think you and I've both seen seen that abyss, and uh, I and uh, I recovered by you know going into you know seeking uh, human companionship and, and 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 interaction with other human beings, and through that was was, was board games and and that, that, that and, and role playing games and that sort of thing. Uh, however, um, you say you know, have I ever drawn going back to your point? Have I ever been mm. drawn back to World of Warcraft? And do I now judge it as a negative point of my his past and that kind of thing? Which is not what you said, but it, it could be construed as such a way. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah, um, I have gone back. Okay, but not in the same capacity. Yeah, I treated just it as in. just yeah. I didn't join a guild no it's not true I did join a guild but it wasn't really doing anything it was just a casual chat thing we didn't sure. do much it wasn't a raiding guild in any sense of the word and I did actually make a brand new character and I just sort of experienced the new world after cataclysm experienced that and it was of and course, uh, what yeah. was really fun is I would go to old raiding uh, dungeons which back in the Burning mm. Crusade we needed 25 people to conquer but now you can do it on your own <laughs> <laughs> and just right. monster the things on your own, which you previously yeah. needed twenty five people to conquer. Now you just go, yeah. you flick them on the top of their forehead, and they they fall over, which is hilarious. Yeah. Which when I did this at the time, they actually had it so it was, uh, you know, uh, you got an achievement for doing all your old raids again. <laughs> um, but right. uh, okay. so I have gone back and I have seen the, the advantage, the advances in it, and I haven't. But my relationship. With any MMO, any MMO or a massively multiplayer game or indeed MOBA and stuff is fleeting at best. Yeah. It is not mm. as engrossed as it used to be. I was not sitting there for hours on end. I'm like, I just no. don't, you know, it's now the couch, my friend. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty much, yeah. you know, Horizon Zero Dawn, which interestingly wasn't included in here because I thought the music, as good as it was, didn't it flowed into one another, and it wasn't really the mm-hmm. the point of the. It didn't really. It wasn't the key reason why I liked. So, 
I'm afraid I can't answer them back. And you say, oh, I haven't got, I have, I have no desire. That's not true, but I do. But it's more of a, I don't know, maybe yeah. the alcoholics and honest thing is there's some uh, <laughs> some validity in that uh, simile, but it's definitely That's a case of the odd tipple, you know. That do you of. keep your subscription up or just when does it I, sit there? Uh, when I've stopped, stopped playing, I turn it off. And then right. when I sort of decide to, I'll just dive in again. Pick I'll, it back up. So this new expansion has definitely triggered. Yeah. You know, and I have a lot of... Are you likely to dip in? Yeah, Matt Pascal is a great friend of mine, works at Cross Medium. He and I travel to PAX every year. And uh, he uh, he's dived back in. He's keeps saying, okay. WoW's not the same game it used to be. He's right, it's not. It's nothing like yeah, it used to no. It really, really, really isn't. I know the audience sure. of this show definitely understand that. They know 14 yep. years isn't oh, yeah. a long time in video game development. When a, when something's being iterated on yeah. almost daily as well, you know, little quality of life yeah. it is and patches. The only yeah. difference, the only similarities between it, it's, it's still third person, you've still got a whole army yeah. of icons to deal with, uh, mm. but uh, they've done a lot of things to make it a very, very different experience. And in some regards, it's a bit Diablo-esque, which is not yeah. a big deal. Final question on World of Warcraft, Chris. Mm. Um, when they do launch the much-requested back to how it was at the beginning server, which I believe they they have confirmed that they're doing, does, how much pull does that hold for just pure nostalgia bathing purposes to go back to to see World of Warcraft ha- as it was in 2003, 4, 5? None. Um, there's a reason for this. Um, EverQuest, the original... Uh, you can still play that now for free. Mm. It's called EverQuest 99, 1999. Mm. Called Project 1999. Right. Go and look okay. it up. You can do it for free. You can download the whole client for nothing, and you can just yep. play EverQuest. It's terrible. <laughs> terrible. Yeah. It's it's yeah. it's it breaks everything you know about imagine. game design. It is awful. Yeah. Now mm. I'm not saying that World of Warcraft came out in the same state. That'd be wrong. It didn't. One of my most formless memories of me starting off as an orc. I never actually played an orc in the final game. I just did it as the beta. So in the beta, yeah. I remember playing in a little village, killing off 10 things. And it's not a cliche that genuinely does happen. Kill yeah. 10 things, take give them back to the thing. Then you get a right. quest. and then that's, Trousers. Yeah, yeah. Rinse and repeat. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas, uh, and then going out and then, Going and walking along outside a path and seeing this whole vast world before you, and just realizing that that vast that hill in the distance I could run to without any yeah. skipping, any 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 zoning as they call it in other MMOs where you have to, they mm. they load a zone in or load a, a map in, and then when you go over the, over the border, magically you get transported to the next map. It was absurd, yeah. but that's the way they did it. But WoW yeah. didn't have that, or doesn't have that. It doesn't really. And the only thing it does have is that it, 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 it's very clever. It's very clever making its mega maps. But it's very, well, very they are clever. super slick. Yeah, very, were, yeah. very, very smart. That yeah. that memory still abides, and I want to hold on to that because yes. everything else, it would knowing the game it is now, as as I've already said, yeah. admitted that I've actually dipped back into it, and it is much, 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 much better. And I've also played other MMOs since. And it would just be, it's like, you know, why just, it, no, uh, there's too I much. I think that's why, is that, yeah. I think some, some people may come a cropper mm. uh, to their, their, their desire for nostalgia, which, you know, we all have. Um, and, and they may actually find that going back to the, the vanilla wow, whatever they're going to call it, uh, may, be, may be actually detrimental to their memories. But we shall see. We shall um, see. I mean, I don't want to go back to 40 man raids. So, no. No, not going to happen. <laughs> 
All right, enough Good. World of Warcraft. Please, yes, move on. Sorry, listener. Uh, we got a lovely piece of music anyway. And, uh, and yeah, no, some interesting talk about what is, yeah, now represents a large chunk of gaming history. So mm. a different sort of thing altogether from our community member Mauricio MM, who says, man, I love this soundtrack so much. If there's one thing that makes the people at Amanita Design or Amanita Design stand out among the indie crowd is their very distinguishing aesthetics. In the case of Machinarium, which I'd consider their magnum opus so far, a big part of its charm comes from Floex's musical composition. It's cool how, despite how dreadful and kind of oppressive the game's eponymous city looks at first glance, the music succeeds in fully representing the sometimes whimsical sometimes quirky sometimes airy for lack of a better term and always mesmerizing atmosphere of this setting this is the bottom
Floex channeling uh, Tomasz Wojak, the Polish, I think, composer mm. there, uh, from uh, Machinarium, which you can play on a whole host of systems. Uh, is Amanita Design one of the developers that you've managed to speak to for the Sausage Factory, Chris? Sadly not. Haven't not approached yet. them, but uh, I will try. Um, yeah, have, uh, bring it to bring it to us. Yeah, because it. Um, so yeah, exactly. That's that's the thing. Love this game. Magnificent yeah. piece yeah. of work. Mm. Uh, one of the many renaissance of uh, bringers back of the quid point and click adventure, mm. which thankfully has gone un- undergone significant design changes, so they're not terrible. We all know the Gabriel easier Knight. to play now. Yeah, all yes. knows the Gabriel Knight uh, cat hair shenanigans. Oh yeah! If you don't know mm-hmm. that, listeners, do look it up. Gabriel Knight Pixel three hunts. and yeah. the uh, cat hair. Basically, the the, pro- the problem was that the the puzzles became so esoteric and nonsensical. No one in their yes. right mind could solve them, and the the whole genre ate itself. So yeah, um, it's actually a Twitch channel I I watch that sits there playing these old PC games, and it's fantastic. He sits there pulling his hair out of these ridiculous puzzles, and yeah, everyone's sitting right. there going, "No, you got to do this to do this thing." It's wonderful. Ah, it's wonderful stuff. Do it without help. Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, that's yeah, that's my it? kind of Twitch channel, not the, not the screamers. It's, it's, it's very he's a very 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 um, intelligent fellow, but his lateral thinking skills leave a lot to be desired, which makes for very entertaining watching. Well, and actually, having great lateral thinking, as you as you say, is not always what you want when it comes to point and click no. puzzling, because no. uh, from from the from, you know from the uh, from the nineties era of it, uh, actually having a completely haywire brain that was wired up all wrong is probably more like Likely to hit you on certain solutions than <laughs> than having a very logical uh, mind um, because yeah it's very easy as you say to to get horribly stuck. Yeah. Hmm. Now your penultimate pick for us in this sound of play is from a composer we had on as a guest a long time ago now back in sound of play 23 i was joined by david housden we also covered the game that this is from back in cana rinse 194 it was thomas was alone uh so uh did you love the game did you love the music and did you love the relationship between the two or is it uh, just that this particular piece says something to you there's multiple facets to thomas was alone I've met Bithell many, many years ago, Mr. Mike Bithell, before yeah. he became famous. Mm. And he encouraged me to write, to make a game. Every, every, every time I encounter him, he still thinks I should be making games. 
and mm. we'll come on to that in a second, but let's just focus on this story at the moment. And he told me about Thomas was alone, and I was convinced that this is a fun game, and uh, um, it should be made, and sh- and it was, and to much success. And I was one of those people that was rum- rumbling around, I played the PC version, demolished it, adored it, just poured my heart and soul into this beautiful game, realising mm. that Chris was a jerk. I asked Mike, was Chris named after me? He denied it. Then he just smiled. <laughs> but there's a character called Chris in it who comes off as a bit of a jerk. Yeah, he even, does. Yeah. Even though... Yeah, I had no, well, yeah sorry. Mm, okay. I'm making that connection now. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, he... Uh, but anyway, they're just blocks. I mean, that's the beautiful thing. It's one of the reasons why I love playing role-playing games so much because it's just characters. It's just it, These characters are little more than numbers on a on a sheet with some words on them that's it it's the the thing that brings them to life is us our empathy it's so powerful and that's that's why i love uh, thomas was alone because you empathize with the person you're create you're you're controlling he wants to be free that's all he wants what's so hard about that all he wants to do is be free he's not sure mm. what he wants to be free from but he just wants to be free and uh, so, yes, I played the PC version and eventually came out on a whole swath of of, uh, of platforms, as we've listed yep. here. And I remember being those curmudgeonly like, I played that a year ago. Catch up. You know, yeah. uh, I, I hate that. Don't do that. Don't do the hipster thing. Never do the hipster thing. And I never actually vocalized that. I can't stress that. I never actually said that. Um, I just vocalised it in my head, going, "Yes, yeah. I know, it's great, isn't it? I told you at the time. We, not, we've all done it. Yeah, we've all done it because we're human. But uh, this particular piece is when he actually achieves freedom and the yeah. wonderful discordant again counter melody. So a bit of a sucker to those. Sorry. Mm. Um, yeah. One of my first experiences of that is Friends uh, on uh, Led Zeppelin three, which I still struggle about which better album. But anyway, it's a discussion. Another one, three or four, three or four. I don't know. I don't know. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. Um, Debate shall go on forever. Yes, uh, no doubt it will. But so that and ever since I heard those discordant tones, which are just on the verge of not working, but you know, becoming uh, out of tune. But they don't. Similarly with the, with uh, what David Holsden does, he creates these tunes that were just on the verge of being out of tune and a cacophony. But are not, and that's true master. Uh, that's a sign of a true master. That is a real craftsman to be able to do that mm. on the on the brink of making it a mess, but not quite. It's brilliant. So, and it's just a sense of relief, of joy. It's not the end, but it is a key milestone in the game. And uh, I'm not. That's not a spoiler. Of course, it isn't. It's ridiculous to say. No, no. It is the game's five years old, six years old. So yes, you know, come on, go over yourselves. But. Also, I'm happy to say that Mike Bithell has appeared as a guest on the Sausage Factory. He was very, yep. he was great, and because uh, he knew me, and I said, oh, "You need to come on the show." So, oh yeah, but again, he still cajoled me about making a game. But because uh, I can code, you see, I can write in C plus plus and stuff. But I've only used it for making tools. So I've never actually used it for making. You've only game. used it yeah, for evil. For evil, indeed. So uh, <laughs> I would, uh, I'm, I'm, I have dabbled with the idea. I've bought books and. I think I could do it, but it's just a matter of not about time. It's about application. It's about making sure whatever I do is is worthwhile. But uh, yeah, knowing and speaking to so many developers over the years, it realizes that this is a torturous thing to do. Can be, yeah, no doubt. All right, well, let's hear it. Freedom from Thomas was alone.
David Housden's Freedom from the 2012 game. You may well have it, listener, on one or multiple devices that it's been released for. Uh, Mike has released a couple of games in recent times on Steam that have kind of suddenly flown out there. Quite interesting pieces as well. Yeah, he's an interesting guy doing interesting things. And check out Chris's uh, old issues, old podcast episodes Mm. of The Sausage Factory for more Mike something different again as we like to do on sound of play this is requested by papa pichu from the forum who says uh, an amazingly funky tune from a game i've never played originally called zombies it was later renamed to corporate lifestyle simulator both game and music were made by an indie developer slash musician going under the name big nick the game can be found on steam with the tagline an isometric orgy of bloody violence and huge chip tunes and that from the videos Seems about right. This is Tetrapod by Nick Garrison.
from 2014's PC and iOS only, I think. Corporate Lifestyle Simulator. It may have come to other things, but I'm not aware if it has. Uh, it's a game I'm not familiar with, but we love a funky tune, so yeah, there it was. Sounds good, but yeah, I've never heard it before in my life. But yeah, no. fair play to them. It's on Steam. It's on iOS. Check it out. Yeah. Remember, listener, please venture over to our forum, as I say, at canarince.com slash forum. You can find links to all our other stuff there as well. We're on social media, Twitter, at canarince, and Instagram as well. Uh, you can use the hashtag sound to play if you want to request pieces of music. Most people use the forum, though. Uh, we also have a Facebook page. You could even do it there. If you do like video games news, we do a, do a bit of uh, games news curation on Facebook dot com slash cana rinse but yes request your favorites or other curios from the history of the medium mostly avoiding licensed tracks and we'll continue to include a selection in the playlist for each regular sound of play uh, please subscribe wherever you get your podcast from leave us an apple podcast review or rating or on other platforms you can also leave reviews and ratings whichever one you're hooked up to uh, as i say follow us on social media and if you love what we do and appreciate the significant time and effort that goes into all that we produce patreon.com slash cana rinse even a dollar a month gets you every cana rinse show early and uh, unabridged now as well and we've got a format special for Mega Drive and Genesis out early for Patreons and you get an exclusive monthly mini cast which seems like a reasonable deal for 75p which helps us to keep on trucking. Before we hear about Chris's last track uh, my guest Chris O'Regan finally joined us on Sound of Play after all these years uh, so yes uh, plugs plug your own bits and bobs and also yeah uh, tell listeners where to find the old episodes of Sausage Factory or do we even know that at this point come to think of it no with the, sort of the whole back end stuff we're trying to figure out but at the moment oh yeah good point you, you, you can <laughs> Sausage Factory yeah, the Sausage Factory you can actually go to spong.com and uh, just look up, and also go on iTunes. Just look up the Sausage Factory. Um, do it. So that's it's all there. It's a very, very old show, very well established. It's the one that has all the hundreds of episodes, and there yeah. are so, so many games uh, on, that I've talked about with the makers of them. Yeah. Yes. So that's the difference, and uh, so I'm very proud of that. Also, I also do some retro video game stuff, which Leon hinted at. Uh, thank you for that. And I haven't actually included it in this uh, show because, quite frankly, some of the music was probably deserves an honourable mention, but it's not really something that holds up in many regards. Some some of it does, some of it doesn't. When I say retro, I'm talking about 80s stuff, which is, you know, it's fun and as, as, as clunky as it was, it's not really... Um, uh, worthy of anyone's attention right now, I guess. Um, you know, for example, Sensible Soccer that's had a really, really funny tune. Uh, also, yeah, we play some 80s stuff on here. Yeah. Well, that's actually 90s, isn't it? And then there's a called Cannon Fodder, well, that's, that's a great one yes. as well. War hasn't been so much fun, it's just which it wasn't because the game is actually completely anti war from the get go. Um, if you think about it logically, if you look at it objectively, but you know, uh, and then of course is the, one of the earliest games, one of the earliest soundtracks, one the, uh, that I became enamoured with. It was a single track; it wasn't even a soundtrack. It was a single song, and it was on a game called Enigma Force, which came out in 1985, I think, mm -hmm. uh, by Beyond Software. And you look it up. I remember the name, but I don't remember the game. I don't think I played it. Enigma Force is uh, sequel to Shadowfire which is a squad tactical game. 
Uh, it wasn't yeah. turn-based, it was real-time, but it was all done using icons and way, way, way ahead of its time. And yeah, I very much. tried so. to introduce people to this game, but they... They they just um, they either love or hate it. They don't understand what's going on because back then they couldn't do the same level of tutorialing and uh, um, sort of basically aids player aids. It didn't exist. You just read the manual. You had to read the manual. You had to have the manual next to you to understand what all these icons meant, what everything Absolutely. was going on. And uh, magnificent, and they made a sequel which wasn't great. It was actually worse. Uh, it was in the, graphically, it's much better, but they kind of missed the point, you know. They missed mm. the beauty of the original, and that was sad. But the music on it uh, was amazing, and the C64 version, excellent, of course, because of the SID chip, lovely stuff. However, the much uh, what I couldn't believe is they managed to pull that off on the Spectrum as well. Mm. They somehow managed to get two or three channels sound out of a single beeper. They didn't, yeah, but it sounds like they did. Yeah, we've played some uh, we've played some Tim and Greg Follin stuff on here before yeah. from the Spectrum, which is mind boggling. Yeah. So, uh, Greg, sorry, Jeff, Tim and Jeff Follin, not yeah. Greg. Uh, yeah, there are there are there are some there was some extraordinary work done. Well, no, I mean you know we we do like uh, we like to run the full gamut here. So mm. uh, if you come back and join us another time, we well can, we could uh, delve into that. But can, the point is, I do work for do some work for Retro Asylum. It's lovely, and I do a uh, weekly stream called Games of Praise where I take a video game from the past, typically from PlayStation 1 era and behind, or older, if you will. And worship it. And uh, worship it, well, rather than <laughs> uh, um, sing about it. We worship it. I'm in a random cathedral uh, of in, in the UK, or anywhere in the world, actually, and uh, playing a game last I actually played last week was oh, Ghosts and Goblins. That was fun, said for gritted oh, teeth. We're covering that very, very soon are, on the yes. Kane and Rince podcast. Now, if you want a bit of comedy, do watch that because I didn't get on with it, because it's very hard. <laughs> it is very hard. Yeah. Uh, and I was playing it with the Namco arcade stick as well on the PS1. So you'd think, yes. you know, I'd be better off. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, you still need to, uh, you need, still need patience of a saint. You yes, do. I'm, I'm playing that one currently. Yeah, mm-hmm. so uh, struggled with that. But uh, And then previously that was Syndicate on the Amiga. And I have, yes. I have all this old hardware, which still works. And yes. uh, this whole vast array of cons- consoles and computers, and thanks to that, I, I managed to stream. Uh, these are emulated. I can't stress this enough. This is from the actual hardware I'm playing yeah. these games on. So, and actually, one of my favourite things I love to do is hold up the controller I'm using and say, "Look, look at the pain I'm putting up with for you. <laughs> look at this junk." And then talk the about it. Competition Pro. Yeah, or you know, it is. So, yeah, Retro Twitch Asylum. Look up uh, or the Retro Asylum on Twitch. And I'm there every week on a Sunday at 8pm British Summertime or GMT, yeah. depending on what time of year. And it's about an hour. And yeah, it's really good fun to stream. It's not easy thing to do. wouldn't recommend it for everyone to what I do. It's this nonsensical streaming footage from another video source. Ugh. But it can be done. Mm-hmm. It's worth it's worth the pain. Mm. Uh, yeah, so what's this final track? This is from a game I like very much. Uh, haven't completed because it gets really hard. Mm. Uh but uh, but I enjoy it, uh, and it's one I suspect we may cover someday in the future on Cana Rince. It's on our big, 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 big long list, uh, Thumper. So what is it about this piece that uh, that moves you so? I got in it. In what direction? <laughs> That's it. I got it. When I By the time Horizon kicks in, I understand how to play the game. I got yeah. it. That's yeah. basically what I'm trying to say with this piece. It's the yeah. one that I go, oh... That's what I've got to do. Now, I played this on variety of systems. First time I played it was at a PAX, probably 
well, it came out in 2016, so probably 2015 PAX. PAX East, mm. I think it was. They kind of blur mm-hmm. into each other, forgive me, because I go east yeah. and west, I, I find they blur. In. I mean, the west is coming up in a couple of weeks. I'm looking forward to a great deal. Right. But, um, yeah, uh, but uh, it's, I just remember playing this on my PSVR mm. and uh, having a great time because I'm one of those very weird and fortunate people that don't never has yet to get nauseous playing any PS any VR game of any kind. Yeah, that's, that's nice. I must have a constitution of a, an ox or something. I don't know. It's concrete elephant. That's the phrase. Um, Your brain just understands. Yeah, the, it doesn't. Uh, the yeah, even wipeout. Yeah. Even wipeout. Like, yep, yeah, nothing. Sorry. Cool. It's, yeah, it's fine. But Thumper, the game I love, uh, it's up there with Resed uh, Infinite on the PSVR, and uh, just love the soundtrack. Love the whole interaction. Almost, almost got him on the developer on the show. Almost, but we kept oh. on missing each other. It's like okay. ships in a night, kind of kept on. Sort it out for us, Chris. Yeah. Now, now you're with us. You got. <laughs> we'll just keep. We'll just keep cracking the whip until you get hold of these people. Yeah, I'll, I'll get them in because uh, what an exquisite, exquisite game, and what an exquisite soundtrack, and what an exquisite song or piece, I should say, Mr. Gibson. Yeah. So I doth my cap to you. There is that used phrase again. But uh, no, I uh, this 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 is the track for me. You may think, wow, this is really deep into the game. It is. Only then did I understand what I was supposed to do. <laughs> Forgive me, because I couldn't understand. It's a very strange game with your little bug. Just, come on. Slamming off the walls. Slamming off the walls. Don't understand mm. it until this point. And then, then I got it. And, uh, and, mm. and then when I got it, I realised I was profoundly bad at it. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> now, if you got that far, you, you're not doing too bad. Yeah. But yes, listeners, check out Thumper. It's on a, available on a variety of platforms. I believe PSVR is the most intense way to play it, but you can also play it on your, your regular setup, even your Switch. Yeah, um, uh, they call mm-hmm. the, us VR types, call it flat screen, I believe. Yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, thanks for joining me, Chris. Yeah, and uh, listeners, don't forget to look out for the Sausage Factory as p- uh, part of the uh, the Schmorgas board that we serve you up uh, on Cane and Rinse uh, coming soon. And we'll leave you with Brian Gibson's Horizon. Until next time. <laughs>